welcome to the audio version for our review of Emily Archer and the Curse of Tutankhamun, developed and published by Ocean Media, released the 15th of April 2021 for $8.99 in the UK and $9.99 in North America. As always, a huge thanks to the publisher for the review code. I have a soft spot for the hidden object genre of game. I haven't played one in years, but I did spend a lot of time playing these sorts of games with my grandmother while growing up since I was a big fan of computer games and this was one style that could easily be played as a group. As a result, I figured I could get myself a bit of a nostalgia kick out of playing something like Emily Archer and the Curse of Tutankhamun, even if it was for a review and not with my grandma this time. This game has a somewhat hokey premise, but it's kind of in a way that I love. It's the 1920s and the tomb of King Tutankhamun has been discovered for the first time. However, there's been a mysterious death that needs investigating and Emily Archer has been called in to handle it, bringing you along as her assistant. The situation quickly evolves into a search for a missing artifact and ransom, just what a good adventure story needs. It's a simple premise, but it carries things along well enough. It's just the right kind of cheesy that I like for this kind of thing, like an old black and white adventure flick. It might not grab the attention of everyone, but it's the kind of thing a game in this style needs. The entire story is conveyed through these text boxes and images of characters. This works just fine, but I will admit that sometimes I could have a little trouble telling characters apart. A lot of them have similarities since they're simply designed, and there's so many that show up for just a scene or two, which can sometimes make it feel like the plot is a little on the bloated side. It's not a deal breaker though, since the story is mostly just a vehicle for the gameplay. I will say I did see a typo or two, which was a touch disappointing. When you're telling a story primarily through text boxes, that's something that you're going to want to triple check for. I was also a little disappointed in how much of the game seemed to take place in the hotel. It just felt like a mundane place to be when there was so much other adventure. So for the gameplay, what we have here is your tried and true search and find game. The digital equivalent to those old I Spy books. In this case, I was quite happy with what we were given. The search and find screens are all cluttered in the way they need to be to obscure objects, but without being so overly cluttered that they are overwhelming. They look just about as messy as I would expect for the area they are portraying. Like I would be searching a wardrobe, and it would be just as cluttered as I think a wardrobe could be while still being realistically functional. You start the game with five hints, and I was pleased to see that there was an opportunity to find one in each screen, so you don't have to feel as guilty about using them. Heck, I used them quite a bit. The only real complaint I have is that sometimes the word cues for finding something could be a little odd. For example, there was one screen where the last word I had to find was pipe. I was thinking like a drain pipe, water pipe, smoking pipe, so I was searching all these little nooks and crannies for it. In the end, I used one of the few hints that I had, and it highlighted the euphonium that was front and center in the image. I guess pipe is technically something you could use for that, but it felt misleading to be sure. In addition to these search and find games, Emily Archer also contains quite a few other puzzles. There's a small handful of these that are actually a bit of a challenge, but most are very straightforward and only take about a minute or so to complete. I think that's fine. It's a way to give yourself a break from intently squinting at one screen trying to find items. It's a welcome break too. Even if I felt rarely challenged by these puzzles, I think they were a good choice to keep the game from feeling like it was one note the whole runtime. One of the bigger issues that I had with this game though were the controls. The game has full touchscreen controls, which work pretty okay most of the time, but make it hard to select smaller items. I've got fat fingers I guess, because hitting something very tiny on my Switch screen was often pretty hard. 
There's no real penalty for random clicking, but after enough times clicking where there isn't something, the screen will get covered with sand and you have to wait a few seconds before you can keep trying. If I was randomly hitting, yeah, I get it. However, it's frustrating when I know that's where the needle is, but my finger just isn't quite hitting the right spot to pick it up. There are controller controls for playing on the TV and such, but they feel a little unnatural. You gain a cursor, but it's controlled with the right stick, which felt a little unnatural since you have to hit A to select something. I felt that controlling with the left stick would feel better, but that could be just me. The downside to the cursor is that it becomes highlighted when over a selectable item in the hidden object screen, which means you can move the stick around a bunch until the cursor lights up, effectively cheating your way into finding everything. With all this, it's pretty clear that the game was likely built with a mouse in mind. The other problem I had is that there were some screens that were revisited a little too beat by beat. There are some finding screens that you go to two or three times, which I normally wouldn't have a problem with. The issue comes in when on revisit you will be told to find some of the same items as before. If it were an all new set it would feel like a new challenge, but with sometimes nearly half the item list being repeated it could feel a bit like the game was padded out. Emily Archer is already a fairly short game, I was able to beat it in a single evening and that was with having to restart halfway through, which we'll get to the reason for in a bit. The visuals here are okay, but mostly in a nostalgic way because this game looks like it was ripped right off my grandma's computer in the mid 2000s. The search and find screens all look just fine, each is digitally rendered, and all the items have a cohesive look and blend well in the world. There was a point or two where something would be hidden in an area that was too dark, but I think that was an issue of my brightness being pretty low. The place where I feel things get a little yikes is with the character images in the dialogue scenes. They're pretty simple and honestly have this kind of uncanny valley quality to them. I think even if it clashed a little with the 3D modeling in the search and find screens, a piece of well done 2D art might have been less off-putting. A cartoonish style would have worked just fine for the story too. This was a case where I ended up muting the game after a while. When you get stuck on one screen, it can be annoying to hear the same music looping and there isn't a lot of music variety in the game. I understand it wasn't the focus of this title, but it was something that had me more willing to throw it on mute and have a TV show or podcast going in the background while I was doing my searching and puzzling. Now I mentioned earlier that I had to restart the game about halfway through, which is completely true. While I was playing Emily Archer in The Curse of Tutankhamun for review, everything was running just fine until I slammed into a game-breaking glitch. After clearing a hidden object screen, I was prompted to pick up a letter. After reading it, nothing happened, even though the game was meant to move on. Figuring it had just frozen, I closed and opened it again. Upon attempting to go back into my game file after the reboot, the game crashed entirely. I tried this three times before just starting a new profile and starting from the beginning again. Now, since this was a pretty catastrophic failure, I reached out to the developer to find out if this was a known issue. Apparently, they had never heard of it before, promised me they would look into it, and said they would release an update when they found the problem. It's good to see them taking accountability, so I am willing to cut them a little slack, but it is still a problem. The issue did not reoccur on my second time around, so it seems it was some freak accident. Having to play from the beginning again did allow me to test for replay value, though. I found that the first few hidden object screens didn't seem to change, but once I was a bit into the game it felt like about half the list was different, which I wasn't really expecting. However, the side puzzles stayed entirely the same. I wouldn't call it endlessly replayable, but there was a little extra value to be found there. Overall, I had a pretty good time with this game, but I will willingly admit that's mostly due to my nostalgia for games in this genre. Emily Archer feels a little dated if I'm being honest, and it does have some problems. It's dated in a way that's just my jam, but that doesn't mean it will be that way for everyone. If you're a fan of these types of games, then I think it's worth checking out, especially at this manageable price point. If you're not already into hidden object finding though, I don't think this game would be the best first impression on where to start. Pros. 
lots of things to find, variation in puzzles, and that cheesy adventure cereal feeling. Cons. Some typos, a pretty severe bug, the character art frightens me, and the controls are a bit iffy. Our verdict is that Emily Archer and the Curse of Tutankhamun will have some people searching through the sands to find everything, but those who aren't interested in digging might prefer to stay in their hotel suite, which is why we are giving this game our ranking of Average Child. Thank you.